Welcome to Let's Grow. This is a personal development podcast, and I'm your host, Jeremy A. Taylor, but you can call me JT. Whether it's a short message from yours truly or an interview with a special guest, this is your place for weekly encouragement to keep going and growing. My goal here is simple, to leave you better than I found you. And I know your time is valuable, so let's dive right in. What is up, guys? This is the Let's Grow Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, JT. I'm excited to introduce you to a dear friend of mine, also a pastor, uh, someone I have a tremendous amount of respect for, but honestly, somebody that I just flat out trust. You know, the relationship that we've built, I know you're going to be blessed by it as we unpack a little bit of our story. And he shares a few things today about, you know, how folks wrestle with mental health. And uh, and so I thought that this would be a necessary conversation. But before we go any further, as you know, uh, this is your place for a shot of encouragement, real conversations, real people uh, that we want to help, just uh, that we want to, to help you grow and get better, nothing more, nothing less. But uh, guys, uh, without further ado, uh, I'm excited to, to bring on today's guest, Pastor Michael Edwards, located in Owensboro, Kentucky. Thanks for joining me today, Pastor Mike. Hey Jeremy, it's so good to be here, and uh, thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me and having me. I'm excited about it. No doubt, we uh, we had had something scheduled earlier in the week, and it didn't pan out. I'm glad you bounced back, and you're feeling better. Yeah, uh, you know that's a, a a healthy reminder that the one thing you can always plan on is that things don't always go as planned. Am I right or am I right? Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> that happens regularly. Yeah, and, and you can you can definitely attest to that on a number of levels. Being married, having five girls, and yep. also being the pastor uh, of a church. And so I'll never forget Pastor Mike. Whenever uh, my son Miles was born, and you know you were congratulating me and talking about all the excitement and the newness of being a, a father for the first time, and uh, you know you were talking about being alert and on edge and about like how every little thing you were concerned about, and you're like, yeah, well. Well, when you have five kids, when you get to your fifth one, uh, if they're screaming, that means they're not choking. And so everything's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Your first kid, everything is an emergency. And by your fifth, you figure out there's not a whole lot of emergencies. Yeah, totally. Well, uh, folks, I met Pastor Mike in Bowling Green, Kentucky, when he was serving as an associate pastor there. I'll let him share a few more details about that role and and uh, you know what his journey has been uh, as a pastor uh, and a leader in the faith. Uh, but I met him when I was living in Bowling Green, and we began building a relationship. And I was so drawn uh, to to Pastor Mike because of just how how much he cares for people, and, and more so than than that, how much he cares for people who don't look like him, maybe people who haven't been through what he's been through. Uh, just a, a, a compassion and an empathy for folks <clears throat> and wanting to see people draw close to Jesus and help people grow, uh, you know, in their faith. And so I was inspired by that. And as a member of that church, um, you know, we began meeting on a regular basis. And then he gave me an opportunity to partner with him uh, there uh, with the, the recreational side of the ministry at, at Living Hope. And so uh, not only was he serving as my pastor and as someone I consider a mentor, uh, but he also quickly became a close friend as well. And so I appreciate so much of that season of my life and how it helped prepare me for where I'm at. But Pastor Mike, if you don't mind, share with people uh, a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and, uh, you know, a little bit about your background. 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, I grew up in, in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, had a good home and, and um, you know, uh, grew up with a sister who's uh, six years older than I am. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I uh, you know, um, have pastored a number of, uh, a few different churches um, and have picked up different things at, at each place and, and um, uh, that has really helped me and in, in what I'm doing now and, and has been part of what I think is, is God's plan for me. And it's kind of shaped me as a person and as a pastor. And, you know, I don't really, you know, I, I'm just a, a person who, who, uh, who serves in the role of a pastor. Uh, but that's not, you know, who I am, you mm. know, it's not, it's, it's, oh, it's, good. it's part of, it's certainly, it's certainly part of what makes me, me, but it's not everything to me. And, um, we'll get more into that later, but, but, um, you know, just, just over the years I, you kind of discover who you are and what God's made you to be. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm very unique. I'm different. Uh, you know, just like everybody. I mean, JT, you're, you're a unique person. And, and I don't mean that in a, well, you know, everybody's like a snowflake. You hear that kind of thing. And, you know, everyone's unique. I mean, yes, that's true, but I, I don't really like that because it's kind of, it feels weak and soft, but sure. there's really, there's that, you know, that that's really accurate. I mean, I, I, I have a unique perspective, a unique set of abilities, um, you know, and, and God's used that, uh, to, for certain groups and types of people that we'll get into here in a little while, but, but that's kind of, you know, in terms of my, my background without, you know, you know, unpacking, you know, you know, on this and this date, I did this and, you know, the boring resume part, but, but <laughs> that's the background that, that I think is important and that matters in that, because like people that are listening, like you have a, a set of experiences and a set of, uh, you know, uh, stuff you've been through that has shaped you and we're being shaped every day by something. And, and that has made you uniquely you. Mm -hmm. And, and I would argue, and not everybody would agree with me. And I, I, I get that. I would argue that, that, that God is purposeful in that. Sure. That you are you for a reason. And, and anyway, so that's kind of my background, but you and I met in 2012 ish, um, maybe 13. I'd actually heard about you before I, I went to living hope. Um, I had a friend of mine, I, uh, that was involved in your network marketing company that said, you've got to come. I think you were speaking somewhere in Bowling Green. This was before I was working at living hope. And, uh, he said, you got to come here this guy, he's, he's Mr. Excitement. That's what they called you. And, uh, his name was Chris also, and he was involved for a short time in, in, in your business. Yeah. And, um, and, but I'd actually heard about you before that, but here's what I know about you. All right. That's true. Right. You, you know, yeah. you, you flip a switch, right. And it, and the, and the, and JT comes on, but <laughs> I know, I know Jeremy, right. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. 
And Jeremy is more than that. Totally. And Jeremy's a loving husband, a loving father, who cares about people and is driven, yes, but, uh, you know, I've seen the, I think I kind of think like, like, uh, you know, I, I did a thing a long time ago with a recording artist named Toby Mack, uh -huh. who at one time was a big deal. And um, <clears throat> there's Toby McKeon, who plays golf and went to Liberty University, is just a great guy and a good father and husband, all this. And then there's Toby Mack, who was a Christian <laughs> yeah. rapper, right? Yeah. So I did a thing where we I used to work for Dave Ramsey in, in Brentwood, Tennessee, and we went over there and we recorded something with him with toby mack and it was so funny because he was toby mckeon uh prior to the shoot and then when the camera came on the lights came up i kid you not it was like a switch flipped in his head and he went into toby mack phase and it was it was so different than what i just i talked to a guy that we talked about golf and things like that and then he flips the switch and he's he's like christian rapper it was incredible anyway but i know I, i've seen the i've seen jt and but i know jeremy and, yeah. and Jeremy is uh, multifaceted and, and, you know, I love and respect that about you. I appreciate that, Pastor Mike, because, you know, oftentimes in the work that I do, I, I try to help people um, understand and respect the fact that who you're becoming in the process of what you're doing uh, determines much of how you do what you do. And I think so often we get boxed in, like you were talking about, I'm more than a pastor. It's part of what I do, but it's not, that doesn't, that doesn't completely tell the tale of who I am. And I think so often we get boxed into uh, what our titles are, occupations, professions, because that's where we spend the majority of our time, yeah. uh, sadly. And, and I have my own opinion about that and the American way of life and the American dream and accumulation achievement. So I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail today, but you know, so oftentimes we identify ourselves by our work and, and what we do, uh, and we fail to, to forget, like you said, uh, we're more than that. We're dynamic. There's a, we have, we have interest, we have passions, uh, we have relationships, right? So that's good stuff. And, and I, I, mean, I like how you, go ahead. There's something, there's something about us that is more fundamental than any of that, yeah. all right? That is more core than any of that. And even like I'm a father of five daughters, I'm a husband, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm a pastor, I'm a friend. But even all of that stuff, which is all good stuff, none of it's bad in itself. Yeah. Um, and and it's all good. But there's even something more fundamental than that, than any of that. And and that actually is, I have to say, is is intimately tied to the very conversation we're having today. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the some of the, I'm sure where some where the conversation is going to go is that, you know, finding out who am I, okay, apart from my job, apart from my wealth accumulation, apart from my supposed success or, un, or, or not success, my failures, apart from what people think about me, what culture says about me, what culture says I have to be, what, shoot, even if you're a Christian, what the what my what pastor says I have to be, what my church says I have to be, what am I most fundamentally? And that, 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 that thing that is, that is unchanging about me. And, yeah. and, and, and it is that, cause who we are, whatever that fundamental drive is, it, it actually produces what we do. Yeah. Right. We look, we all, we all wanted this at the end of the day, here's what we all want. We all want to be 
we all want to feel accepted and loved and happy, mm-hmm. right? That's what we all are after. And we are after it in different ways. And, and if you think it's through, uh, you know, uh, families, you know, family achievement, or, you know, if you're at, like, for example, there's two different schools of thought. There's Eastern thought and Western thought. Eastern thought says you, you, find, you find out your acceptance, love, and, and, and success through your family and your children. Western thought is, is radical individualism. So it's mm-hmm. career success, it's money, it's um, achievement. You are what you do. And, but both of those are wrong because at the end of the day, if, if you've got bombs dropping around you in Ukraine, okay, how can you not, how is it possible to not be completely devastated personally? I would say it is. And you can see people that, that are functioning there and functioning well. If you are, if you are, if, if, you're, if your idea of the self is tied into, let's say your financial success and, or your accumulation of things and gas prices rise, you know, $2 over, over a year, okay? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you don't have as much money as you had before and you have to cut some stuff off and stop doing some things. Well, then, then what are you, okay? Mm-hmm. So, you know, but there's some, there, there is something that can be had that we can build these, this happiness, this, this acceptance on that can't be touched by any of that. So that when bad things happen, we aren't devastated, you know? So in other words, yes, we want a great family. Yes, we want great friends. Yes, we want love. Yes, let's look, we want, we want money. We want, you know, we, we want recognition. But if I don't get it, or if I have it and lose it, does it devastate me? Yeah, then what? Yeah. Then what? So it's about finding what is it about me that is that is so fundamental uh, that that can't be touched by any of that. Yeah, fundamental and sustainable. Yeah. 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 And you know that that actually ties into much of the conversation that was cultivated through our time getting to know one another because of me actually unpacking for the first time with a trusted male confidant uh, about some things that I was struggling with. And, you know, and, and this is a great time to, to be open and candid about some of that. Of course, you know, there's, there's a time and a space for, you know, to share more details and, and uh, my story. But as I've grown in my faith, it's given me an opportunity, Pastor Mike, uh, to be less and less ashamed of what I've been through and the mistakes I've made, because I realized that my story is designed and God wants to use it and repurpose it uh, and help other people wrestle with the, that, that same uh, frustration and sin and, and, and setback. And so all that being said, you know, I'd failed miserably relationship after relationship after relationship, much of it because of pride, ego, selfishness, a, a, a distorted view of love and sex and marriage and romance and intimacy, uh, you know, a, a similar trap that many young men find themselves in. <clears throat> and I felt like I continued to perpetuate those same choices, uh, those same mistakes. And there's a there's a, a keynote, uh, Pastor Mike, that I share with a lot of groups uh, whenever I speak at conferences and, and banquets and whatnot. And it's entitled, We Are All in the People Business. And one of the six P's playing off that, that, that letter P of people, 
one of the six P's that I unpack of being in the people business and loving people well is patience. And something that I admire and I appreciate about what you imparted in my life and what you essentially gifted me with was the your time, your attention, your humility, compassion. There's accountability wrapped up in there. There's encouragement wrapped up in there. But above all else, you displayed this level of patience with me as I unpack things that I was wrestling with, decisions I was making, sin that I was trying to work through and overcome. Um, and, uh, and that was one of the most encouraging times in my life because I had never really sat down and shared the things with you, you know, shared things with anyone else that I shared with you. And you loved me anyway. And you loved me anyway. You didn't say, Jeremy, get out of my office. You didn't say, Jeremy, uh, you keep complaining and crying to me about the same things. Jeremy, we've talked about this. We've prayed about this. We've opened up the Bible. We've looked at what God says about this. You know, you just displayed this unbelievable level of patience because I think through it all, essentially what you were doing was you were reminding me who I was. Yeah. And, through, and through being reminded of who I am, that that ultimately was going to help me, uh, you know, settle in on making better choices with my life and, and uh, you know, making decisions to cut certain things off, making decisions to uh, steer away from certain relationships, you know, so forth and so on. But I just appreciate that, you know, about just camping out with me in the middle of some of my pain, because with that, you know, I'll, I'll get to this here in just a little bit with that you know, whenever some awesome things happened in my life, uh, you were one of the first people to be there to celebrate with me. And, uh, and that means a lot. So Mike, well, you know, as it relates to faith and mental health and people wrestling with their identity, you know, why is it so important to be patient with others? Why is it so important uh, to, uh, to oftentimes not be someone who's pointing a finger and telling them what to do, uh, but to just simply be someone who who's there for them and who cares for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, shoot. Um, gosh, this is, this is so many things. I mean, um, uh, you know, well, let me start with this. I mean, first of all, uh, none of us have it all figured out, mm. all right? None of us, you know, I, I can be patient with you because – I mean, I, I, you know, and I look, I have a, a belief system that says that uh, I am more sinful than I can possibly know, and yet I am more loved in Jesus Christ than, than I can possibly dream of, uh, than I can possibly imagine. And, and so if, if the God of the universe who is perfect and holy has been patient with me, how can I not be patient with you? That's um, and, and let me let me let me say that again. So so somebody listening didn't miss this. He said, I have a belief system that I am more sinful than I could ever possibly know. But I also believe that I'm more loved by Jesus than I could ever possibly imagine. Man, that's good. Yeah. So so if if God of the universe has been patient with me and all the dumb things I've done, and, and not even dumb things I've done, but just heinous things I've thought and wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but maybe haven't done for whatever reason. Um, who am I to be impatient with, with you? I mean, 
um, or with anybody else. I mean, look, man, I, I read the Bible. And one thing, you re- if you read the New Testament, you've got these guys that follow Jesus around for decades. Yeah. And they never got a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you know, in terms of their their moral character and they still made really dumb mistakes, even. I mean, I, you know, we don't I, look, I could go on for a long time about this, but it's really something that's been on my mind lately is that, you know, like like God. God is patient. Mm-hmm. If there's something that, that 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 people need to know about God, it's that he's patient with us. He is. If the Bible says he's long suffering. So mm-hmm. who in the world am I? Who do I think I am to, to say to somebody that that I'm around knowing my own life to say, you know, why aren't you getting it? Yeah. You know, because like, you know, I, you know, look, I, I, I haven't figured it. I, I haven't gotten it all together. Um, and and so we're all we're all on kind of this journey that uh, through life and, and at times it's difficult and we're all pursuing what we talked about earlier about, you know, we want to be satisfied with life. We want to be, we want to, we want like, we want to be significant. We want to matter. We want our life. We want to be able to wake up every day and know that we matter. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, and matter beyond the, the temporal that, that what we're going to do today is going to matter. You're going to, you know, what Steve Jobs said, he, he said, he always said he wanted to make a ding in the universe. Right. And, and I just like that so much. And, and I like the idea behind it and we want that. Right. And Steve Jobs, of course, was not, definitely not a, a Christian. Um, but he, he illustrated the idea that we want to be significant. We want to matter. That's human. That's just, that's in us. And God, I think God has put that in us, frankly. Um, and so we're all on a journey to that, and we're 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 looking for ways for that to happen, and and sometimes we'll settle for just being seen as significant, even if we're not, right? Yeah. As long as people think I am, that that's that's a cheap substitute, and I'll accept it. I'll take it. It's kind of like you know buying a knockoff uh, you know Louis Vuitton purse. You know, it's not Louis Vuitton. It's cheap, it's poorly made, but it looks like it. And as long as it looks like it, I'm good, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, look, sometimes we settle for that sort of thing. I actually think that you can actually wake up every day and know that you, you matter and that you're going to do something that day that could potentially change somebody's life. I actually think that can happen. Uh, but so we're on that journey together. We're all looking for, for, for how to do that. And so, like, that's why we can be patient because that's what we're all after. And, and life is difficult and things happen and, and, and people get sick as we found, you know, as, you know, I experienced early this week and, and, you know, you know, people get, you know, I just had a minor thing, but, you know, people get really bad stuff that happens to them. Yeah. And, and, and so like, you know, look, it, you know, we don't know a fraction of what's going on in the lives of the people that we come across every day, Amen. not a fraction. Amen. Okay. Like people hear you on a podcast and they know JT, Mr. Excitement, right? But they don't know, you know, the, the poo-poo that you walked through in 2013 and 14. Okay. And, and why was your wedding so phenomenal? And why was I as excited for you that day as you were? 
Okay. Because you and I walk together through like waist deep, you know, sewage in your life that was right. stinky and hard and not fun, but it led to a place where, you know, you've got a phenomenal wife, you've got a, you know, you've got a son and it just excites me so much to see you as a daddy and, mm -hmm. and just how great it is to, I mean, is it great every moment of every day? No, mm -hmm. sometimes you got to tell them to quit being so stupid. Right. <laughs> but, 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 you know, there are times where it's really phenomenal and they, you know, he runs up and gives you a hug and sits in your lap and he, I think, is he wearing Louisville stuff or UK stuff? Uh, he's a little confused about that since, since, <laughs> since he and, uh, he, me and, and his mom don't agree on that stuff. So oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's a little confused. <laughs> well, one day he's going to pick a team and I got to be, I'm going to be honest with you, Jeremy, you already know this. He's going to follow mama. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. Truth be, truth be told, Mike, if I'm being completely candid with you, he's on the other side of the door uh, of the room that I'm in, and he has on a UK jersey as we speak. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, you're a big Louisville fan. Your mom, your your wife's a Kentucky fan, and and you're in Kentucky country, but uh, in UK country. But you know, I, you know, he's gonna follow Mama. That's just the way it's gonna be. So so it's no no fit. But isn't it beautiful though? I mean, it's beautiful because you know because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. you want him to be happy and healthy and and love life and be you know, and, 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 and so who cares? And, and you guys will have fun little rivalries when they play and, and things yeah. like that. And, and uh, you know, you'll play in the driveway one day, one-on-one -on -one, and he'll be Kentucky and you'll be Louisville and, and you'll, <laughs> Hey, one day you'll let him win. Right. Yeah. And, and one day, because you know, you're getting older, he's going to just flat beat you. Right. Flash. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, but it's beautiful. And, but, you know, we don't know, like when we're walk, when we're doing life with people, we're walking through life with people, we don't know the stuff they're in. And, yeah. and, and, you know, there's somebody listening to this podcast right now who, who as a pastor who deals with this kind of thing all the time. And, 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 you know, when you're a pastor, you rarely have people come to you and tell you all the successes they're having. They Man. come to you when life's the worst it's ever been for them. Yeah. And, and so here's what I know you know, the, somebody listening to this podcast right now, this next week's going to have the worst week of their life. Right. And, and you don't know who it's going to be and, and you're going to encounter them. Somebody's going to encounter them and they don't know what's happened. And so that stuff just happens. And, and, and so we can be patient and gentle and kind with people we come across, even if it's just random people that were rude to us. Okay. Well, you don't know why they were rude or why, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes, sometimes they're just jerks, but you don't really know why they're, you know, what, what, what has created that in them? Because look, they're, they're after the same thing you're after significance, happiness, that kind of thing, love. And, and, you know, and so that, that jerkiness or that unhappiness is coming from a place that, that where, where what they're built their life on is not meeting the demands of reality. And, and so, and so they're not finding it and, and that stinks. And, and so sometimes it's hard to put on a happy face and, uh, uh, and, 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 and sometimes you don't even need to do that, put up, you know, put on that happy face, but, you know, we can, we can just like relax, like every, you know, look, we, we're, we're kind of all on this journey together. And, and so we can help people along the way, find, if we found something, we can help them find it. Um, which is why I'm on this podcast. I mean, because 
I know that everybody listening is we're doing the, we're all doing basically the same thing. And and as far as it relates to this one issue, I, I, I feel like I've, I've got my hands around it to some degree more than others. And sure. um, and I feel like I have some value that I can bring to people. Um, um, but when you've when you've suffered and when you've struggled and when you when you recognize your own deficiencies, you you on you you can calm down with people and just, just relax and just walk with them. And sometimes it takes people longer than others. And, yeah. and, 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 but that, they typically get it eventually. And, mm-hmm. and when they do get it, it's a great thing. And it's, it's incredibly fulfilling uh, for you. And uh, uh, when, when you've, when you've walked with people through stuff and you've seen them come out the other side and achieve some level of satisfaction uh, in their life, uh, I'll be honest. I mean, there's really nothing better for me in my life than that. Yeah. And, you know, another component before we transition into talking a little bit about, you know, part of, of, of today's focus, you know, with that level of patience for folks, the, you know, you mentioned the Bible speaking to God being, uh, you know, a characteristic of long suffering and, you know, endeavoring to just, uh, walk with people, you know, while they're, you know, walking through that mess, like you said, you did alongside me because it was messy. Uh, for those listening, it was messy, right? It was messy. Um, and, and it was painful. And there was some childhood trauma there that I had to unpack and really for the first time work through. Uh, there was some uh, reconciling that needed to take place. There were some folks that I needed to, uh, uh, you know, ask for forgiveness from, right? There were some things that I need to forgive and move. There, there was a lot there. But Mike, what I also love about reflecting on that time was that not only were you patient, but I think because of the relationship that we were building and uh, the, uh, the opportunity that we had given one another to speak into each other's lives the way that we did, because we didn't always agree on everything, right? Some of those sure. conversations were a little tougher than others. But you didn't shy away from, from speaking truth and holding me accountable. So speak to that for just a second as it relates to, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily from a pastoral position, yeah. but just as someone who, you know, you've, you, you have established a relationship because we can't hold just everybody accountable. We can't right. just because accountability without relationship, in my opinion, is, is, is you're, you're erring on the side of judgment, right? Now you're, you're right. finger pointing, you're trying to tell someone, you're trying to, uh, you know, implement this behavior modification in their life, right. and you're trying to tell them about what they did wrong. But, you know, not only were you loving and patient, but you were also honest with me. You were real with me. You were practical with me. Speak to that a little bit, you know, for folks listening, because I think folks have a hard time wrestling with that grace and truth, right? Truth and grace. And so, yeah. Yeah. So there's really two components to what we're talking about. I mean, there's, there, there are behaviors and attitudes, really more, more than behaviors, attitudes and, and deep seated beliefs that have to be put off. And there's things that, and, and some people major in, the putting off will stop doing that, you know, yeah. and, and, and you find that quite honestly in, in a lot of places, but in a lot, a lot of religious circles, you know, uh, well, you know, stop, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't drink, smoke and chew and go with girls that do. Right. And, uh, and, 
and and okay so if you if you only do the put off thing it only leads to two places it it leads to either total despair because you can't do it or it leads to a ridiculous level of self-righteousness because you feel like you are doing it um and and so either way you know if you major in putting off then you know then that's problematic but then there's things that we have to put on and and there's there's attitudes and and deep-seated beliefs that we need to that we need to put on ourselves and and it goes back to who are what we are fundamentally and and who we are in in uh uh most core and 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 reminding us of those things and and so we have to so what you know what my role in the lives of people is and, and even my own life. And again, this is not, you know, because I'm a pastor, I do this. It's what I've discovered that I just have to do. Uh, and, and, and because it's what I am. Right. And so, so we have to, you know, when we're, when we're, when we're walking with people, yes, there's a time when we say, look, you need to put that off, whatever that is. Uh, you need to stop thinking that way um, and, and put this on. Right. Yeah. And some other attitude or belief or action. Um and, and, uh, that, that's, that, that is, uh, you know, for those that care if the Bible says that's in the Bible, it's Ephesians chapter four, um, you know, the Bible says put on and put off and, and, and that's the key to frankly life change. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's bigger than just like stopping, you know, like people that want to stop smoking, it's bigger than that. Um, it, it, you know, we all do the things we do for reasons, you know, nobody just be like, nobody wakes up in the morning. I think I'll take up, uh, you know, some illicit behavior today, uh, for no reason at all. It's, you know, I, I, I totally understand why people do the things they do. It's because they're after, they're after all these things we've talked about mm-hmm. and they think that that's the way to get it. How, you know, people that struggle with smoking, it's like, well, why do you smoke? It's, it makes you feel good for a minute. Right. And, and that's why they smoke. They want to feel good. And so, well, we got to put on a different thing if we want to get that off, right? You can't just stop that. And even, even people that are experts in the field will say, you can't, you know, if you want to stop a behavior, you got to replace it with something else. And, uh, and so, um, you've got to start doing something else in its place and, or you won't quit. Um, and so, um, yeah, so that, that's really the key. And, And there is a place for, for just truth. And, and sometimes it's got to be a little more clearer than other times um but that comes you and i we had a just a, i think we had a good relationship yeah. and if 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 i know that you love me and that you really care about me you can tell me anything mm-hmm. and and i know where it's coming from it's not you know a lot of times people uh they're overly they, you know, there, there's no relationship built. You've never, you know, if I, if I had approached you having never put anything on you that was good, I could never have, I mean, I could have told you, look, quit doing this and that, but you wouldn't have heard it and, or nor would you have cared what I said, right? Cause there's no credibility having been built there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you knew, which was true that I, I really cared about you and that I didn't ever need any, you know, I didn't need anything from you um in in terms of you know i didn't need you to give me things and um and so you know it was coming from a place of i don't want to say purity but yeah kind of like purity in the sense that that there wasn't an ulterior motive uh you know 
you know, and, and, you know, when somebody knows that you really truly deeply care for them, whether you're an employer, uh, you know, let's say you're somebody's boss and, and, you know, your employee, if they know you care about them and they know that you'll, you'll, I mean, you'll go, I mean, you'll, you'll walk, you'll do whatever you have to do for them to make them successful. You can tell them pretty much anything and, and they'll believe you and they'll hear you and they may not agree with you in the moment. And it's possible that you're not right too. I mean, let's keep that in mind. Um, but let's just say you are right for the sake of the conversation. Um, and, and they're doing something that's destructive to themselves or the business. Um, you, you can, if you've got a relationship built there, you can talk to them and, you know, uh, and even if they don't believe you in the moment, it's what I found is that people often come around and, 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 um, that, that happens quite often in, in my, what I do, uh, that people may not believe me in the moment, but eventually the Bible says that, uh, prudent or excuse me, wisdom is proved by our children. And that, and that means that, that the proof's in the pudding and eventually you'll figure out that what I told you was wise and right. And, and, you know, I hope, I just hope that you don't have to, you know, go through the pain of being stupid, uh, you know, for a long time. Right. Um, because, you know, if you're going to be, you know, I, I don't, I, I hate to keep using that word, but if you're going to be stupid, you got to be tough. Right. Um, and so, but, you know, we'd rather just be, be wise and be smart and be tough. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, we don't want to constantly go through painful things if we can avoid it. Um, yeah. And so wisdom helps, you know, when we help people put things off. Um, we're trying, we're just trying to help you avoid painful life situations that probably we've been in and and like it's not worth the price of admission buddy it's it's i've seen that movie it's not any good (laughs) save yourself the time you know yeah it's like look like like when you and your wife and i know y'all don't do this but me and my wife do this we argue from time to time (laughs) okay and a lot of times i might be right about whatever the argument is but the victory is not worth it yeah, yeah. It's just not worth it. No funny, man. Obviously, we're we're uh we're publishing the audio here, so we don't have the video feed, but listeners, you, you can't tell the way Mike looked at me. You couldn't see the way he looked at me when he said, Now I know you and your wife don't do this, but me and mine do. <laughs> I, mean, no. I but, mean, we have arguments, and I'm just telling you, like there's just situations where you you discover in your life that even if I win, I lose. Totally. Yeah. So what's and, the point? Let's just not even do it. And I like, I like how you, you know, how, how you brought that, that point there to a close, you know, as it relates to relationship. And I think, you know, through our relationship, I was able to see that the difference between correction and condemnation is relationship. Yes. That's the difference. Oh, absolutely. Relationship. And so, so as, as we transition here to talk a little bit about the, the mental health side of thing, because obviously that, you know, the issues and the burdens of life uh, and maybe some predispositions as well, based on who we are and biological makeup and so forth and so on, those things tie into it. And so I don't want to get too scientific, too biological here, but yeah. the but the, but the reality is, is that as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, you know, you have let it be known that this is something that you wrestle with and you, I feel like, do an awesome job of uh, being empathetic you know, once again, toward those who also struggle in this arena. And so I guess my question for you is, is um, 
What do you believe, Pastor Mike, uh, keeps people from opening up uh, and seeking help with their mental health? Yeah. Oh, I think uh, I, I think it's you know multifaceted. I would say I would say uh, pride. I would say shame. I would say guilt, and I would say stigma. Mm. Uh, our our culture as a whole, and I would include to to its own shame the church. We have done a poor job, and of of building a culture of openness where people feel. Uh, free to uh, express doubts and concerns and issues and problems and have questions. Uh, our culture as a whole is a shaming and guilt tripping culture. Uh, if you say, if you admit weakness in our culture, uh, you are looked at, uh, especially in this area, uh, you're looked at like you have two heads. Yeah. Um, but I've actually found that uh, the opposite is true, that true strength is not denying some sort of reality, um, but in embracing what's actually going on and being open about it. Oh, um, gosh, that's good. Like, it, you're actually really weak on the inside if you can't just admit reality, okay? Yeah. That's weakness. Strength is saying, yep, this is what's happening, and I'm going to fight this battle, and I'm going to do what I need to do. And, 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 and I need I'm, help and, and I, need I need help, help because I, you know, it's like when I know you work out, it's like when you go to the gym, if you're an experienced lifter, you know, the experienced lifters laugh at the people who come in slide under the bench press bar that weigh about, you know, the people weigh about 130 pounds soaking wet. They slide <laughs> under the bench press bar and they throw up four, two 45 pound plates on each side. Like they're going to bench that like, like they're like all the big guys are watching him because what's about to happen, he's about to drop it on his chest if he can give it off the rack at all. Yeah. Right. What he looks like is a fool. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, look, we know that you're not strong like that. We know you need help. And so if you're not saying, like, it's like if you're at the gym and you're trying to lift some heavy weight, like experienced lifter said, hey, man, can you come spot me? Mm -hmm. Right. Because we know the dangers in lifting weights right? You can hurt yourself. And so uh, that's just like life. There's times when we, when we need help and that we don't know what we need to do or which direction to go, or are we even on the right path at all? And, um, you know, that's, that's really important. I, you know, so true strength is, is the ability to embrace what's going on, be open about it, and, uh, and, and say, man, I don't know what to do. And so I just be honest, I, I've gotten to the point where, you know, and, and man, my whole thing with, with mental health and in, in particular depression is, is where I just don't really care that much anymore about what people think about my own struggles in this area. And, um, you know, and I don't say that in a callous way, like, but, you know, it just is what it is. And, and I'm, I'm not even at the point where uh, I'm trying to fix it, you know, really anymore. And uh, uh, it, 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 you know, there's different types of mental health issues and depression and, um, you know, and, I, you know, some are acute, they come and go, some are, you know, they just kind of, they're just kind of with you. 
and uh, uh, my the things I deal with are kind of just they're just kind of with me, and it's just in my makeup and and so forth. But um, you know, and so with that said, I, I think I think it's just it's it's learning routines and habits that that can help you uh, uh, deal with that on a regular basis. Uh, it's a constant back to what we talked about earlier. It's a constant putting off of certain things and putting on of other things, and and it's not even a you know, it's, it's not even merely a daily thing. It, it, at times can be a, a moment to moment thing, depending on what's happening in the day. Um, and, uh, uh, and so it's, it's developing reflexes that deal with, that can, that can deal with, uh, the reality of the world you're living in. And it's, it's about, it's about building, it's about building in yourself a foundation based on who you are that can handle reality. And uh, so that's, that's a big part of it. But I think, I think back to your original question, why don't people, or what keeps people from opening up about it, seeking help with it? It's just pride, shame, and guilt and the, the stigma that, you know, our culture has, has attached to, and, and not just culture to whole, but culture within religious circles attached to, frankly, weakness. Okay, but I will say this: Um, anyone who is here listening that's a Christian, um, if if you think weakness is not clearly elucidated in Scripture, you are not reading it right. I mean, you know, Jesus Christ uh, is God who, you know, who became weak. Okay, was crucified in the most; he was killed in the most shameful way possible. and and endured it. Second uh, Corinthians twelve uh, verses, I think it's nine and ten. The Paul he writes, uh, "When uh, when I am weak, then I am strong, because the power of Christ then rests in me." Right. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's actually when we recognize our own weakness that we can actually become strong in it. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> I like how you mentioned there that you know you finally you matured to a point, you got to a place where, you know, you just said, I'm just going to stop worrying about what other people think about this because I'm, I'm a human. I have issues regardless of the fact that uh, I'm in a pastoral position, but also being in a pastoral position, people need to know that I'm taking care of myself. Hey, thanks again for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode and you received some value, could you do me a favor and share it with a friend? If so, I really, really, really appreciate you helping me get the word out about this podcast. As a reminder, this is your place for a shot of encouragement, and my goal is to simply leave you better than I found you. So my friend, I certainly hope that was the case for you today.